everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through February 12th. We have finished Four Continents. It's hard to believe because now, Daphne, we only have three ISU events left. Yes. Uh, with Junior Worlds, Worlds, and World Team Trophy. Um, Yeah. We are coming up on a year of, after we started this podcast because when we put this together, we were thinking, let's do it in the off season so we can work out all the bugs. And yeah, we've almost made it a year. To celebrate our one year anniversary, you may want to pay attention because we may be doing some giveaways in mm -hmm. April. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what was one year ago, like this week and a couple days ago, was the Beijing Olympics. I've been seeing the posts, of course, with yes. when Nathan won his gold. Um, and I know today we texted Danielle a happy birthday, Danielle Earl. Happy birthday, Danielle. Um, and I said to her, you know where you were one year ago? You were celebrating your birthday in, in Beijing. I mean, she's celebrating her birthday in four continents, but she was celebrating her birthday in Beijing a year ago. Um, so, yeah. And then, of course, we've been seeing the post that it was the one-year anniversary of the team event in Beijing. And, unfortunately, we can't celebrate the anniversary with medal because our team still still don't have medals. Wish we could be talking about a medal ceremony and all of that, but we're still at the same point we were. But also, this week is three years until the next Olympics. I know. It's, it's going to go fast. It is. Before you know it, it's going to be 2026. It's going very quickly. And I love the first year in a new quad because it gives you some new faces. You get to learn who's going to stick around. Um, teams or athletes are more inclined to try new things because it's that first year and everyone's trying to work things out. It gets much more serious as we head down the road to Milan Cortina. But for now, we're still in that first year of the quad. We have a couple of events left. Speaking of that, Gina, Four Continents. Yeah, an interesting Four Continents. I'm just going to say that one was taking place in Colorado Springs. Yes. And with Colorado Springs comes the altitude. And I'm going to be honest, it was hard to watch the competition, and seeing skaters under the weather. I was on the virtual mix zone, and a lot of skaters were talking about feeling under the weather, and we had withdrawals happen during the event, and we'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the women, but just skaters even collapsing after they were finished skating, gasping for air. It was... So hard to watch. And at one point, I'm like, where is the oxygen? Where is the medical staff to come and help these skaters? Yeah, I know. And I know people online were saying, well, 
skaters should be ready to train at altitude and they should be ready for these kinds of situations. But especially some of the skaters who just had national championships, how do you prepare for skating at altitude with a quick turnaround? It's kind of hard. Your body doesn't adjust to altitude in a few days. It's, it takes a while. And, you know, the skaters who train in Colorado Springs had a little advantage at that. And they, you know, felt a little bit better, but still it was hard. It was again, very hard to watch. And that was, I think the consensus that I got online. Um, and also with talking with skaters who were just saying it was tough. It was really tough out there. Yeah. This has been something that has come up previously because Colorado Springs has hosted this event before. In fact, most of the times that the event has been held in the U.S., Colorado Springs has been the host. Mm. Now, most recently, Anaheim hosted it, and I think way back in the beginning, it was Salt Lake City. However, now it's, you know, I think this is like the fourth time Colorado Springs has hosted it. It continues to come up about the altitude, and... I'm not sure what you can do about it other than not hold the event there. And I'm just not sure that that's an option that will be considered. Again, remember, this event was moved from Australia. Right, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, But I, I mean, U.S. figure skating did send all of their athletes from San Jose directly to Colorado Springs. So they had a few days to adjust to it. Um, but again, as I said, I don't know if you can really adjust in like seven days or 10 days. I think you really have to, um, be there for a couple weeks to really feel what it's like to compete and train at altitude. I mean, I don't know how some of them did it and pulled it through because we did still have some incredible performances, um, in the, but then there were some others that you just could tell. They were struggling just to make it through. So with that being said, I think everybody who competed at Colorado Springs deserves a, like a medal because it wasn't an easy competition at all. And some of them, this was, a, you know, again, a quick turnaround from nationals, but it was also their end of their season too. And they've had, some of them may have had a pretty long season that they weren't expecting. And here they come out at this competition and. It might have not been, you know, their best performances. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the crowd. I mean, we had talked about maybe some of the fans that normally go to the U.S. championships. Instead, we're going to go to Four Continents because it gave them an opportunity to see some of the international stars. I didn't think that the crowd was as big as what I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah. But they were loud. I have to say they, they were, were loud. loud. They were very loud. But I think from what I could see, it was only on, the crowd was only on one side of the arena and not on the other side. I think it was just only on um, the side across from the judges. Um, but yeah, I was hoping for a bigger crowd. Um, I heard there was a great opening ceremonies with a lot of Colorado skaters, though. And that's something we haven't. I don't think we've had a opening ceremonies at nationals in a couple seasons. Um, I think a lot of COVID, but so that was kind of cool. 
Yeah, COVID kind of took the wind out of our sails for a bit, but I think we're we're charging back. Things seem to be moving uh, much closer to a more normal yeah. world when it comes to competitions. So Gina, do you want to kick things off? Let's talk about the women. Yeah, so there was a bit of a mystery with the women um, when it came time for the last group in the free skate. So Isabeau Levito withdrew from the event due to illness. Um, she did not appear for the warm-up with the last group, and no one really kind of, everyone was kind of like, where's Isabeau? Where's Isabeau? No announcement had been made. The announcer in the arena skipped over her introduction. So she wasn't even announced. And I even, I think I heard Amber Glenn, when she came off the ice going, I don't know what's going on. Or something along those lines. So it was like a bit of a mystery. Everyone kept going, where's Isabeau? And it wasn't until about like maybe like the skater or two before her, um, where U.S. Figure Skating released um, a note saying that she withdrew from the competition due to illness. And then it was announced in the arena. It sounded like it was only announced in the arena right before she was to skate. Um, so it was, again, a little bit weird. So maybe, in my mind, Isabeau might have thought she was going to be able to pull it off and skate, and it was a very much last-minute decision that she mm-hmm. wasn't going to skate. Um, so hoping she is going to take this some time to kind of recover here and then, you know, get herself ready for Worlds. But with the women, there was a lot of placement changes from the short program to the free skate. Korea's Hyun Lee, who won the silver at this event in 2022, jumped up from a disappointing sixth place short program to win the gold medal. And this was the first gold medal for Korea in the women's event at Four Continents since 2009 with Yuna Kim. Um, Her... Phantom of the Opera program included seven clean triple jumps. She earned a personal best scores for her free skate and total score. Now, Yilam Kim, who was the leader after the shore program, finished in second place. She won bronze at Four Continents last year. And in her first ISU championship event, Mona Chiba, who competed on the Junior Grand Prix this season, moved up from seventh to claim the bronze medal with a personal best free skate score. Um, Those three women skated really well. Um, uh, There were, again, some disappointing, as we said, there was some shuffling going on with the leaders. I know Brady Tennell of the U.S., who was in fifth after the short, she finished in sixth place. And Amber Glenn, who was in fourth place after the short program, finished in seventh overall. Again, Brady and Amber both saying they were a bit under the weather. Uh, Brady, I was in the mix zone, virtual mix zone. She was coughing. She just couldn't stop coughing. And and again, she had mentioned that she had something, a little cold or a flu-like illness. And so wishing them both speedy recoveries and that hopefully they will be ready to go for Worlds. It should be mentioned, Japan did not send their highest tier skaters to this competition. My Mihara, Kaori Sakamoto um, were not on the list for Four Continents. I actually like the way that Japan does this for some of the 
disciplines because it gives more opportunities for skaters to earn ISU championship points. And it still sends a very strong team to Four Continents because they're very deep, especially in the men and the women. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to the men, this was hard to watch at times. There were some moments of pure joy, but the struggling, I think it comes down to sometimes the jumps that they're trying to pull off. And so many of them. It just got really difficult to watch. Mm -hmm. And after watching them, to see Keegan Messing, who is competing in his final Four Continents, come through and skate one of his best performances, the crowd went crazy. There were a lot of comments. I know in our little chat group (laughs) that we have, lots of tears and happiness that you know, as soon as he landed that second triple axel, you could tell that he was on top of the world, and that was a moment from Four Continents. Again, we got to see uh, baby Mia in the Kiss and Cry, because Keegan has become <laughs> known for sharing pictures from the Kiss and Cry. Um, we're going to miss that next season, because he is moving on. So I think Keegan needs to keep giving us, like, baby photos like whether it's through instagram twitter facebook we need to keep seeing uh wyatt and mia all the time (laughs) we've gotten so used to it and now it's like oh no his farewell tour is going very well and i hope that worlds he's able to at worlds he's able to put out two great performances do you know to close the lid on his career i'm not sure if he plans to go to the world team trophy because I'm pretty sure that Canada will qualify a spot for that. But mm-hmm. um, I wonder if he plans to go there or if he'll pass the torch to one of the others. Well, I believe the reason he wanted to continue into this season was because of World Team Trophy. Okay. Because it's his like one of his favorite competitions. Um, and okay. so because we didn't have World Team Trophy last year because of the Olympics, I think this was the reason he wanted to stick at it out one more e- season. So I think he'll be there, um, but let me just, I'm just, I'm going to miss him so much. I mean, I last <laughs> night I was screaming with excitement, so happy for him. And I was also crying because I was like, um, we're getting one step closer to um, his last competition. It's like a countdown that's going off. Well, Cal Mura, who was leader after the short program, came out and delivered the best free skate of his career earning a personal best, free skate, and total scores. Again, Japan did not send their top skaters to this competition, but a testament to how deep the field is in Japan in the men's event. Um, Cal will go to Junior Worlds next month. Uh, Shun Sato, who was in sixth after the short program, moved up to claim the bronze medal. Worth mentioning here, Mikhail Shadarov of Kazakhstan, who was in 12th after the short program, had an incredible free skate, finished in fifth place. Mm-hmm. And Si Young Lee, who was in 14th after the short program, finished in sixth place. And that shows that in singles especially, there can be a lot of change between the short and the free skate. It can change. And this is what we got to see. Yeah, we saw a little bit of that in the, you know, women's event too. I know 
Rinka Watanabe moved up from like eighth to finish fifth overall. So not as big of a jump from the men. Um, but yeah, so a lot of play, you know, changes in placement for women and men. And we see that quite a bit, but especially with this competition, because some skaters were able to really go out and put a good performance in the short, but then the free skate wasn't one of their best. Um, and again, it yeah, the altitude situation. We saw Boyang Jin come back after we really haven't seen him this season at all. Um, he came back and had a decent placement in the short. But his free skate, you could tell at the end, I mean, he, he collapsed onto the ice. He, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, my one moment when I screamed, where is the EMTs? Why isn't someone going out there to help him? Um, but yeah, he had, um, you know, a disappointing a free skate there, but I'm glad he's back. And, and Jimmy Ma, who had a really good um, short program here, which for Jimmy, his short hasn't been really good this season. It's been the free skate. Here it was the reverse. Really great yeah. short program that put him in third, in third. after the short. Um, but here at the free skate, he struggled. Um, it was definitely not the free skate we got to see in San Jose no. from Jimmy. Um, but yeah, so it was a lot of up and down from skaters at this competition. So Jaina, let's talk about the pairs. Well, I have to just give a prop to the pairs, um, because we talk about the altitude. It's gotta be hard for our pair guys, especially who are throwing and lifting skaters at altitude. Um, so props to them. Japan's Ryuchi Kiara dropped immediately after he and Riku finished skating. He was gasping for air. Um, They had a pretty good free skate to claim the gold medal. They just had their triple saokao and the triple toe in their three jump sequence. Um, They were called on the quarter um, and a two foot landing on, on the throw flip. But this is the first four continents medal for Riku and Ryuchi. And I just enjoy watching them. I've I've said that before. They just enjoy being out there. And and the way he is at the medal ceremonies where he's got to put the medals on Riku's eyes. It's it's just really cute. They're, it's um, a joy. Yes. It's such a joy to watch them skate. It is. And they're hitting all of these benchmarks. I, I mean, they're making all of these new memories for Japanese pair skating. It's fantastic mm-hmm. to get to see them you know, excel like this. Yeah. I can't wait to see them at Worlds and see how they do at Worlds. Um, But yeah, especially against Alexa and Brandon, you know, the defending world champions. So that'll be yeah. a nice match up there. Um, kind of a rematch from the Grand Prix final. And a rematch from last year's Worlds. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, Team USA's Emily Chan and Spencer Howe, who were third after the short program, um, this was the performance for me. I think they delivered their best free skate of the season. Um, They earned personal best free skate scores and total scores. They broke 200 for the first time internationally, and they claimed their second silver medal at Four Continents. They won silver last year. Uh, Canada's Deanna Stiletto-Dudek and Maxim Deschamps, who were in second after the short, claimed the bronze medal. Maxim fell on the triple Saukau, and Deanna put her hand down on the row triple flip this is both their first four continents medals they finished fourth last year and an impressive skate 
for um, last year's bronze medalist, Trent Michaud, who's skating here with his new partner, Leah Pereira. Um, they finished in fourth place, and this is a good lead-up event to them for them for the World Championships, but I've been really impressed with them. A new pairs team that's kind of making a name for themselves. Yeah, it's exciting to see. He's got a new partner, and they're able to put out these performances here. It's got to be reassuring and kind of like a confidence boost for them heading into the world championships. Yeah. So moving on to the ice dance. Wow, the rhythm dance was a competition about who could complete their elements. Mm-hmm. There were twizzle issues for teams, including Harris and Chan, Lorio and Legac, and step sequence problems for Muramoto and Takahashi and Green and Parsons. Um, Chuck and Bates and Fournier, Beaudry and Sorensen set new personal bests in the rhythm dance. However, altitude was definitely a factor, Gina, would you say? Yeah, definitely in the free dance. It was very hard to watch Kana and Daisuke, oh, Daisuke falling twice in the free dance and looking winded at the end. Beautiful skate up until that point. But it was, yeah, it was hard. And he, he just looked like he just couldn't do it anymore. And I just want to say one thing. Jackie uh, posted on Twitter about how with, we've been talking about altitude, but, you know, with single skaters and if it's a problem for them, it's just them out on the ice. But if it's a uh, pairs or dance, if one partner is experiencing the you know the sluggishness and being winded with the altitude the other one may not and it's it's kind of a hard balance there and and this is what happened with Kana and Daisuke Daisuke just looked like he couldn't go on anymore and Kana you know she had to keep going and it's so unfortunate but yeah it's it's hard in that situation because with singles it's easy you know if it's that skater can't push anymore you know they they just kept, you know, it's them out on the ice. But with a dance and pairs, there's two out there. Single skaters can recalibrate their brain to finish their program. Mm-hmm. When you're out there with another person, it's it's a whole different world. And I know before in the past, there have been instances where teams will talk about, well, one partner was sick, one partner mm-hmm. was having a hard time, and you rely on the other partner to get you through the performance is a way that ice dancers especially work together to get through a performance. And Daisuke is still relatively new to ice dance. Mm-hmm. So these mm-hmm. are things that you learn as you go. Right. So Madison Chalk and Evan Bates took home their third Four Continents title, the new personal best free dance score. Uh, 133.14. I did check the Skating Scores website, and it does look like this is the highest free dance score posted by any team this season. I think it's building up for Worlds to be quite a battle, and I'm excited about the potential for it. And Maddie and Evan looked quite shocked, especially Evan, with that score, too. It was, yeah. yeah. I don't think we've seen them get you know, be that shocked or surprised when their scores have come up. So that was, it was interesting to see Evan's reaction to that score. Yeah, I think the last time I saw them surprised was at a Four Continents a few years ago when 
somehow Madison Hubble and Zach Donahue ended up in fourth and they ended up, Chalk and Bates ended up winning the competition. There was a little surprise there. And, you know, Forty and Bordry and Sorensen had a good skate. Um, there were no issues with Laurence's flowy skirt. Although it did make Gina a little bit nervous. It did, it did, it really did. It was like, I don't know, it just seemed to be like more flowy this time. Or maybe it was just because I was focusing on it more because of the issue they had with it during the choreographic slide um, earlier this season. So I think that's why I was kind of like drawn to it. But yeah, no issues with them. And I do think this free dance is perfect for them. Well, in third place and taking the bronze medal, their first medal out of four continents, um, Marjorie Lajoie and Zachary Laga, they set a new personal best score in the free dance to win their first medal. Um, so congratulations to the top three. And all of the teams, really. And I know that many of them are preparing to go to the World Championships. For a few teams, it this was their last event of the season. But I think for most of them, they'll be going on to the World Championships. Yeah. So, moving on, the Enya Dance Trophy took place in Enya Newmarket, Italy. Victoria Manny and Carla Roethlisberger of Italy had the lead after the rhythm dance over Lou Tarot and Noah Perrin. It was a very slim margin. However, Manny and Roethlisberger won the event. Uh, Leah Dozzi and Pietro Papetti of Italy were second. Were second, And Charisse Matai and Max Liebers of Germany finished in third. It was a great event for Olivia Schilling and Leo Baton as they did get the world minimum so they can go to Worlds representing Belgium. In the junior event, there was no question. Katerina Morazkova and Daniel Moracek, they had a commanding lead after the rhythm dance and ended up winning the event by nearly 30 points. So they're definitely looking to be a big contender for the world junior title um, at the event that's taking place later this month. In advanced novice, Olivia Illen and Dylan Kane, the U.S., they finished seventh in junior at the U.S. Nationals, but as we've talked about, they were not eligible to compete in junior events this past season um, internationally because uh, Olivia's age. Uh, Emily Renzi and Will Lissauer of the U.S. finished fourth, and that was their international debut there. Intermediate Novice, which is the equivalent of Intermediate in the U.S., was won by Melissa Kachova and David Brum of Czech Republic. And the Basic Novice, which is the equivalent of Juvenile in the U.S., was won by Teresa Vorlikova and Marek Sinehaus of Czech Republic. So Czech Republic, this was a big thing. They took three of the five titles. And I have to think that if Tashlerova and Tashler had not withdrawn from the senior event. It would have been probably Foa. Do we know why they withdrew at all? I'm not sure. There were two teams that withdrew. They were one of them. It very well could be that they decided a while back not to compete in this competition mm -hmm. and are focused on getting ready for Worlds. Um, different teams have different strategies. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they're well and... Uh, yeah, hopefully they're they're doing well and are getting ready for the world championships. Yeah. Well, Dragon Trophy took place this week 
and it's kind of concluding right now as we're recording this podcast. Um, the senior women's free skate is going on like right now, and hopefully we'll have we'll put the link in our show notes so you can find out who won there. I will say after the shore program, Lara Naki Gutman of Italy was the leader. So again, we'll you'll have to check out our show notes for the final results of the senior women's event. But the senior men's event, Austria's Luke Meyerhofer won the senior men's event. So last week we had previewed the Ephesos Cup, which was to take place in Izmir, Turkey. The event ended up being canceled due to an earthquake that took place in Turkey. I know that some competitors were already there and had to fly home. Another event that was going to take place this week, which was the ISF Winter Gymnasiad, um, which featured junior women, men, and dance, that was also canceled. So, unfortunately, this competition did not take place, and we send our best out to Mm -hmm. the people um, who are affected by this earthquake. Yeah. Well, we had some synchro competitions this weekend. Helvelius Cup was held in Gdansk, Poland. In the senior event, the world silver medalist Team Marigold Ice Unity of Finland won the gold medal with Team Adrian College of the U.S. taking the silver and Team Ice Fire of Poland taking the bronze. It was a Canadian sweep in the junior event. Team Nexus won gold, Ice Ignite won the silver, and Nova claimed the bronze. In Advanced Novice, it was Team Blue Arrows from Finland that won the gold medal. Now, there were two other synchro competitions that took place this weekend. Cup Neuss in Neuss, Germany, and the Zagreb Snowflakes Trophy that was in Zagreb, Croatia. And we will have the links to those events in our show notes. Well, moving on to general skating news. Ann Jensen posted the following on Facebook, and I included this under general skating news because I feel like that's where it should go. Um, she posted this on Facebook at Frank Carroll's request. My dear friends, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the recent nationals and would have loved to have been there in San Jose with you all. It is also wonderful to see Oksana at the Four Continents competition. She certainly is keeping figure skating alive in Kazakhstan. What a great tribute to Dennis. I was recently diagnosed with colon cancer. Since then, I've received tremendous care and my prognosis is good, but I do have a lot less energy than I need to keep up with all my correspondence. Please know that I thank God for friends who never forget me and never seem to give up on me. I do cherish them even if I'm neglectful in my response to their reaching out. I am recovering at home and I am thankful to my puppies and my friends who have taken great care of me. While this means I'll be away from the rink for a little while, I'm staying positive and looking forward to seeing you all soon. With gratitude, Frank. So this is Frank Carroll. He was the legendary coach behind Michelle Kwan. Uh, Frank is 84 years old and still, you know, likes to go to the rink. He's still very passionate about figure skating. Um, so we've, we wish Frank the best mm-hmm. yeah, um, in his recovery. It's great that he mentioned Oksana Ten, who is the mother to the late Dennis Ten. And she is doing a lot to keep skating alive in Kazakhstan. It's wonderful. 
yeah. um, to see uh, her there and just this in the spirit of what Dennis Ten brought to the sport. Yeah. The skating community mourns the loss of Doug Mattis, who's a skater, coach, and an incredible human. His brother reported that he passed away last week due to a long illness. And I found this great article where our good friend Ryan interviewed Doug for the Skate Guard uh, blog. So we're going to share that in our show notes. And yeah, it's it's very sad. Doug used to be very active on social media. Mm-hmm. He was a great advocate for figure skaters. He He was a great skater and coach, and he will be very much missed in mm-hmm. the skating community and we're sending out our best thoughts and wishes to his family during this difficult time. Yeah, I didn't get the opportunity to ever meet Doug, but I had corresponded with him through social media and he always was just, you know, very all the time and dedication he gave to the sport in 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 definitely trying to make it more inclusive for everyone too. Um, yeah, he's definitely going to be missed. And so again, sending our wishes to, um, his, his family. Coyotonews.com did an article on the doping case that has kept the teams from receiving medals from the team event in the 2022 Olympics. Ryuchi Kiara commented, it's a fact that we finished among the medalists without a medal. It doesn't feel real. Um, You know, sometimes we don't really hear from the Japanese skaters. We're so used to hearing from the Americans, but here, you know, um, the Japanese skaters still talking about not having a medal. He went on to say, it's a medal we earned through team effort. So I've been waiting for the day to celebrate with my teammates what we accomplished. In sad news, Roman Kostomarov, who was, of course, the 2006 Olympic champion, has... uh, been sick with pneumonia in a hospital in Moscow for just about a month now. And in the treatments that he's had, it's had an effect on his body where he has had one foot completely amputated and part of the heel and toes had to be removed from his other foot, according to Izvestia. And this came to us through Reuters. With everything that's going on, we don't talk a lot about what's happening in Russia. We try, we've tried to just report and move on, um, Mm -hmm. has been our policy. And I felt it was important to bring this to the table because, you know, Roman is an Olympic champion. And so, you know, the prognosis I mean, from what I've read in other articles, he could lose his hands as well. Like, this is very much a serious, uh, life-changing illness that, yeah, we're not sure what the prognosis is going to be. And I did read a message from his wife, who is Oksana Domnina, who was the 2010 Olympic bronze medalist, and she just requested that the media not make speculation, not make up stories, mm-hmm. not contact and harass her, but just report on the information that's available. And I have to say that I respect that. 
I think that it's important for her to focus on her family. So we are just reporting what the information that is available to us at this time, and we will keep you posted mm-hmm. in the future. Moving on, uh, Sports Dart RU did an interview with Sean Redstat, who is, of course, the ISU um, chair. This is about the 2023-24 Rhythm Dance. And yeah, I'm still, still very much on the fence about this 80s Rhythm Dance idea. Although I will admit that I'm starting to listen to any of my 80s playlists with the thought in mind, could this be used for, for junior or senior? So... Maybe I'll put together a playlist of music. Uh, I happen, I have a, a vast collection or recollection of music from that era. That's like my, that's, I, I listened to the radio a lot during that time. And I know a lot of one hit wonders and cool little songs that people may not know about. Well, see, I think with the eighties, it's so there's such a variety because you got the rock bands. Hair metal was yeah. a big thing, and I don't right. know that th- I don't know that the ISU thought about that when they started putting this together yeah. because they didn't just say let's use '80s pop music. You're right. So, so this just note, skaters. This does open up <laughs> the world of hair metal to you. Um, if you want to be different, uh, there's a lot of different styles during that time there was punk and new wave and hair metal and pop and i just hope that some skaters or some teams will be creative Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of opportunity for some fun and cool things yeah to come out of this yeah and we will talk about this more in a future episode about some of the requirements just know that um, the athletes and coaches were involved in the discussions and they wanted to make things more engaging and fun for the public. So I guess we'll see. This is a test. It kind of reminds me when we did the hip hop mm-hmm. rhythm dances that I really enjoyed. Um, I know it's not everyone's jam, but for me, it was fun. So we'll see. The jury, as far as I'm concerned, the jury's still out on that. Yeah. We'll see. Hmm. It's going to be interesting. Yes, it is. Well, moving on to recent articles and interviews, Golden Skate did an interview with Sarah Conti and Niccolo Chi, and it's called Step by Step, Conti and Machi Continue to Grow. International Figure Skating had an article with Luna Hendricks, This is Just the Beginning. Anna, the host of the Future of Figure Skating podcast, talked with Asher Hill. It's I think it's great to include Asher Hill because he's got such a perspective from so many different angles in this sport. I remember watching him come up through the ice dancing ranks mm-hmm. with his former partner, Karis Ralph, and they always had interesting and fun programs. So I'm glad he's still involved in the sport, and I'm looking forward to... Listening to that interview, I haven't had a chance to yet, but I like the angle that Anna is taking with this podcast because she's getting some interesting guests to come on and talk with her. Mm -hmm. 
So we're one year on from Beijing. Russia has still not faced consequences for Valieva doping. Europe on Ice's hero, Yoshida, gives his opinion on the subject and also talked with Megan Duhamel for this article. Well, USA Today's Christine Brennan also did an article about the one-year anniversary um, and why Olympic skaters are still waiting for their medals. There were quotes in there from Evan Bates. Um, She also reached out to Rashida, WADA, the ISU, the International Olympic Committee, and the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency with four questions. Only the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency answered each question specifically in the form of text messages from the CIO, CEO, and three others sent statements from spokespeople. And of course, Rusita did not respond. Um, And you can read that story in our show notes. So NPR did a story. Uh, Zach Donahue um, talked to NPR about still having not received the medals. Um, He mentioned the article. They were all dressed up in their ceremony gear and in the room waiting to take the bus to the venue. We're told that the ceremony was canceled and they thought it was a joke. It's been a lot of loss for the team athletes. Um, They've missed out on not only the victory stand moment, but financial opportunities from bonuses, show appearances, and sponsorships. And I didn't think about that, but Zach's right. They have missed out on those opportunities. And that, you know, that's really disappointing, especially because that first year after the Olympics is when the most opportunities come about. You know, one thing I want to say, Daphne, about this team medal situation, um, many people have forgotten about it. We are in the still in the skating world, so it's still something that we haven't forgotten about. But the people who only watch the Olympics every four years, um, it's something that's they don't think about anymore. Um, I know I have friends who will say to me, they got their medals, right? And these are friends that don't, you know, watch skating. They just watch the Olympics. And I'm like, no, they don't have their medals. So I think it's our job is media figure skating media to keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Whether we have nothing else to report about, whether it's just the same old thing of us saying we're frustrated, this needs to come to a decision soon, we're still mentioning it and we're still giving putting them at the forefront. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Yeah. Like I think because so many people the once every 4 years who watch our sport have forgotten about it, it's our duty to kind of not let people forget about it and to keep talking about it, whether we have nothing else to report, um, just so that it's not something that it's not like we forgot. Um, exactly. So that's it's just been something, you know, because I have people who will come up to me and say, they got their medals right. And I'm like, no, they no, don't. They and, not. you know, and it's that sort of thing. It's the general population that tunes in every four years and there are a lot of people that do that that have forgotten and so we have to keep talking about it so that our skaters aren't forgotten about exactly agreed so moving on Avonlea Newen is featured in the athletes corner of this month's U.S. figure skating magazine the article says she has given up skating to pursue a career in sports medicine and orthopedics, 
Now, Evanlee was the 2020 World Junior Champion with Vadim Kolesnik. Yeah, Avonlea has always been a great student, so I'm not entirely surprised that she's decided to move forward with her education and leave skating behind. Um, She certainly was a talented ice dancer, and I know that in conversations, especially with Vadim returning to nationals this year, People have not forgotten her. She's still very much uh, remembered because, again, they were at the last world championship. They were at the last ISU championship event before COVID. COVID. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like they didn't get that opportunity to really celebrate that, you know, that achievement because everyone's um, attention shifted to COVID and things just really went off the rails so good luck Avonlea I hope Mm -hmm. that school is going well for you well inside skating did an interview with Anna Capolini where she said life has changed quite a bit but I still like to be involved with the sport Um, it's a great article I did read through it there's pictures of her and her husband Andre Hotarik with with the kids okay i have to look at i thought i saw some photos going around with her holding her two kids and i was like oh i'll have to check that article out yeah well u.s figure skating did an article with olivia alexander on how she has not only overcome racial stereotypes but he has used the adversity as a fuel for her skating Jason Brown was Joseph Klein's inspiration as a kid, and now they are competing side-by-side at the U.S. Championships. That was the subject of an article that appeared on Olympics.com. And there's cute photos of them in there when they were younger, when Jason was younger and little (laughs) Joseph. It was so cute. And I didn't realize, I kind of forgot that they had, you know, growing up in Chicago area were possibly, you know, training together or seeing you know watching each other skate so that was kind of cool also with the olympics.com Hyin lee of korea was also interviewed before four continents so on hashtag three turns three on twitter pj kwong and her hosts Talk to Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont. This is ahead of the World Junior Championships. It was a fun conversation. And we will include the link in our show notes. Well, U.S. Figure Skating did an article with the synchronized team, the Northern Nuts, who were competing this past week in at the Helvellius Cup. Uh, they just missed the podium, finishing in fourth place. And this was the junior team, the Northern Nuts. Yeah, they were just... Um, like t- between two and three points behind. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. So Phil Hirsch reviewed Nathan Chen's autobiography and recapped it on his Globetrotting by Phil Hirsch blog. It was great. We got to see Phil at Nationals this year. That, I think, gave me, <laughs> you know, the signal that, yes, we're moving back to... <laughs> To things because we hadn't seen him for a couple of years. I think yeah. it was 2020 Nationals was the last time we saw him. Yes. So it was great to see him. And so he gives us uh, the opinion on Nathan Chen's book. I have not finished it yet, but I hope to soon. I did finish it. Uh, so I won't say you know my thoughts and stuff because Daphne hasn't finished it yet. But in just a, I think I like 
if next week or the week after, the children's book, Nathan's children's book comes out. And so I have that one. It's due to arrive, like, I think the day it comes out. So I look I forward actually, to that. I actually got a chance to see it, see oh. the book, and look through it. And I think the illustrations really capture oh. Nathan very well. So I hope folks like it. So moving on to social media updates, in separate posts, Katerina Wolfkosten and Jeffrey Chen announced the end of their partnership. Um, we wish them both the best in looking for new partners. Well, U.S. Figure Skating posted an ISU Awards recap video with Amber Glenn. And Alexander Farkutinov and Noel Antoine Pierre are a new pair team for France. There are two Instagram posts about this. Well. Oakton Ice Arena posted on Instagram that as of February 1st, three-time U.S. champion and 2018 Olympic team bronze medalist Chris Kinnearum is now the director of skating at Oakton Ice Arena in Park Ridge, Illinois. Chris previously was the Learn to Skate instructor and U.S. figure skating high-performance pairs coach at Great Park Ice in Irvine, California. Not sure what this means. If Alexa will be joining him out in Illinois right now, she is in Switzerland still with Art on Ice, but and then she'll be heading back to Irvine to uh, get ready for Worlds. But yeah, congratulations to Chris. He is a wonderful person, and I think he will be a great addition as the director of skating in um, the Illinois area. Yeah, Alexa's family is from Illinois. I like that's where she's from. I think that, I mean, I would think maybe <laughs> this means that they're going to move there, you know, post-career. Maybe she'll finish the season and then relocate. But only Alexa knows what she's going to do. So yes. she'll share that with everyone, I'm sure, when she's ready. Right. So, upcoming events for the week. We have the Spring Cup, which is a Challenger Series event for Synchro. It's in Sesto San Giovanni in Italy from February 17th through the 19th. Well, the Tell Link Hotels Cup is taking place February 16th to the 19th in Tallinn, Estonia. And that's a competition for junior and senior men and women. And the Skate to Eliminate Cancer Show will take place on February 16th in Campus Martius Park in Detroit, and friends of the podcast, Ava Pate and Logan By will be performing in the show. That brings us to the end of our content, Gina. Um, it's been a very robust show with lots of information. Yeah. Can you let folks know where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com, social media, Twitter, at thiswkinskating, Facebook and Instagram, thisweekinskating. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support we've received via email and social media. Please keep it coming. Uh, we've noticed an increase in our numbers, so we appreciate you guys sharing the podcast out there. If you'd like to help us even more, get our podcast out to skating fans who may or may not have seen it. Subscribe on your podcast player of choice and leave us a review. Yeah. That helps get um, podcasts to the top of the leaderboard and we really would like to get there mm -hmm. so more folks will learn about our show. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, Daphne. So we did get some comments on Instagram. Jackie White, which is Charlie White's mom, messaged us to say she found our podcast by accident and loves it. Yay. (laughs) Hi, Jackie. I'm glad that you like it. We're trying to, um, we're just trying to help skating fans not feel like they have to run all over the internet to find out what's going on. And so I think our format is helpful. So I, I'm glad you're listening and that you love it. Yeah. And then we also got a comment too on Twitter from Salty Paws that they loved the Jason's fun reply. Uh, Thank you. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. Again, I wanted to ask Jason that question because he said I could ask it to him in San Jose. And he literally, right after the short program, um, I might have told him like earlier in the week that I was going to ask him the question. But after the men's short, he came and grabbed me and said, let's let's do it. I'm ready. And and we did it quickly. Um, And it was a lot of fun. I did not expect that response from him. But yeah, so thank you for that. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Again, it was a mini episode we threw in because we kind of forgot to put it in our episode, uh, our weekly episode last week. Yeah, we had so much to talk about. And so sometimes things get away from us. Yeah. So we like to end the episode with talking a little bit about what's going on at our respective sites, IDC and FSO. At IDC, we have photos from Bavarian Open. They've been coming in for the last two weeks. And I have all of them. They've been posted. It's so great. We really appreciate um, Eureka sending us pictures from all four dance events at Bavarian Open. Um, it's great to see these up and coming teams, the ones at the lower levels. So that's exciting. Uh, four continents photos are coming in. We'll have a recap from Anne coming early in the week. Anne's article with U.S. teams, uh, the dancers that were at the World University Games in Lake Placid, that has been uh, posted as of yesterday. And next week, we are going to be starting some fun articles. Matea was at Europeans. He did some great interviews with some up-and-coming teams. And so those are going to start coming out. And solo dance is going international starting this next season. So we are going to expand our ice dance site to include information on solo dance. A few years ago, I tried to do a separate hub for solo dance and the the time commitment to keep it up to date was just too great. Um, But I have enlisted the help of solo dancers, parents, coaches, who are interested in helping us build this hub so we can increase the footprint of solo dance. Very cool. So that's what's going on. Well, over at FSO, uh, Four Continents photos are coming in as well. I've got a good chunk of them already up, um, and more will come um, in the week. Uh, Of course, Four Continents recap as well. Now, last week I mentioned it, but it actually got posted towards the end of the week, but my article with Ellie Cam and Danny O'Shea was posted to A Divine Sport, Um, so I'll make sure to include that link in our um, show notes for that in case you did not get to see that. It was talking about how the partnership came about. 
Um, and I'm working on an article that hopefully, I don't know if it'll come out this week. It may come out beginning of next week, um, that I worked on at nationals. So that I'm working on. Um, and Mateo also did an interview at Europeans with a Paris team that should be coming in a couple days. So yeah, we've got a lot going on over at FSO. Yeah, it's been really busy, and it looks like this week, event-wise, it's a bit slower, so yes. that that is going to be interesting. Um, we're not used to that. We're more used to multiple events happening all the time, yes. you know, big, all these big competitions, and so now we're in this synchro, um, the synchro season has started, so we're getting more of those. So it's good. And we hope to bring a synchro expert on with us at some point to talk Mm -hmm. more about synchro and get uh, information out there. I've got an idea or two about who should be coming on. Yeah. And we're working on some interviews as well for these coming weeks where it's not as busy event wise. So, um, so stay tuned, you know, we're, we're, handling all of that right now and so um hopefully we'll have some interviews here coming up really soon and with that we've reached the end of our episode thanks for listening i'm daphne and i'm gina and you've been listening to this week in skating have a great week <laughs>